Hello and welcome. My name is Timp. I'm Axiel. And I'm Herfidurfi. And this is Go Mode, a link to the past randomizer podcast. Episode 3, getting into a nice flow of things, if I do say so myself at this point. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's really starting to feel a little more comfortable, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm all, you know, spread out. I got a lounge set up. It's, uh, you know, very, uh, very Roman. Uh, very, very relaxed. I'm eating grapes. It's the grapes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yo, you gotta have ask. the grapes. Is, is, is a sexy lady in a skimpy outfit feeding you grapes from above? <laughs> I, I yeah. I need I need to really improve my podcast setup. I think I'm looking around and I don't see any sexy ladies or grapes or there, there's none of that. Yeah, I'm sitting in front of a desk full of trash. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Cool. Well, we have actually quite a bit to talk about. I wanted to mention real quick, uh, we had mentioned in our first episode talking about uh, some things having to deal with there being uh, money on the line for some of these tournaments, things like that, the accusations of cheating, um, you know, some with more evidence than others. I did want to mention, just because we said something about that, we will get to that sort of stuff. Uh, but right now, frankly, there's there's just a lot to talk about in the community. We only have a limited amount of time. So when we get to, I guess, what we would call like a slow news cycle, we will definitely move on to covering some of those things, especially as they develop more and more. But with that said, uh, let's go ahead and start off again uh, this episode talking about that 2018 summer tournament. And again, I'm going to pass it off to Herf because he's sort of on the front lines, as it were, uh, with the commentating. So Herf, how's that going? Uh, it's going very well. We've gotten through all of the quarterfinals last week. As far as I could see earlier when I was checking, uh, the semifinals have not been scheduled yet. I'm assuming that's going to happen next week. And uh, I can I can really only recommend watching all of the matches because these top eight that we had in the quarterfinals, these guys weren't there for uh, no reason. I, yeah, and uh, oh, sorry, if you look at the results, it's a, a lot of really close uh, matches too. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think uh, there were only two two O's, and both of them were still extremely close. Like, it wasn't a blowout in any of them. All the matches were very competitive and great to watch. I uh, managed to commentate both of the Gem versus Gerdo matches. Uh, two good friends of mine, both Germans and uh, great guys. And, of course, I also want to give a big old shout-out to our buddy Buen. Yeah, Buen. Yeah. Uh, GG Buen. Buen. A fellow SA member, he sadly didn't quite make it out of the quarterfinals, but he still took a game off of Adjneb 174, which is a feat in and on itself. That is amazing. That guy has his name in the rando twice now for winning two tournaments and taking a game off of him. That just goes to show that Boyne really is one of the guys that should be way up there. Yeah, it's really exciting. You know, you see, you know, I'm looking at the, the... Bracket right now, and uh, so our, our semifinals are going to be uh, Pika Pals, Jem, uh, A Jem, and Andy. And uh, it's really exciting looking at the quarterfinals though, because there's a lot of names there where I go, I am not super familiar with that player, and that's really great that they are uh, making a name for themselves and getting in. Yeah, that's awesome to see. Uh, definitely GG to those top four that you mentioned uh, as we mentioned when we covered this the first time they uh all four of them qualify for a cash prize now for playing a link to the past randomizer like are you kidding me that is so cool uh so you know even just the fourth place player i think it's 500 dollars is what was established and um again just gg to all of them cannot wait to see those matches i i was able to watch the uh that first Wayne versus ben match and uh the one the one that Wayne won and man just it was it was such a good match that the routing decisions to see both of them no one really made the wrong play but just you know it, when when you're both so good at, at execution you know both the people participating it really just comes down to luck even more which in some ways can kind of make it even more exciting so um really great play so far looking forward to seeing these last few matches for sure anything else about the summer tournament uh, I guess I just want to mention that, as you said, uh, whoever is going to take home the fourth place, so one of the guys uh, that is left will take home 500 bucks. Third place will be $1,000, second place will be $2,000, and first place will go home with $4,000, and all of that just <laughs> for playing some rando. I mean, admittedly yeah. playing it very well, but you know. Yeah, that's really, I, that is going to be super cool that, uh, I think that's the first cash prize awarded in rando, so. Yeah. I mean, when you 
when you play randomizer for the first time and you get like a four hour or five hour time it you it makes it really easy to appreciate just how incredible it is that you know these top players can do what they do and it's well-deserved money because it takes hours and hours and hours to get to the point that they are so why not make a little money off of it i think it's awesome it is absolutely awesome cool uh so another tournament that we've been talking about uh is the something awful community tournament uh first i want to say the first one because i'm positive we'll have more in the future it's going it's going really great um I guess we'll start with a quick update. We had mentioned uh, Axial and I might play each other. Unfortunately, that did not come to pass. Um, the, Very the randomizer sad. gods, yeah, they did not will it. Um, but uh, I had my round five. I was not able to pull it out. I played a uh, member named Virtua Cat. Shout out to Virtua Cat. Um, we talked a little bit on on Twitter. Played a great game. I felt. Um, Here's what I wanted to talk about is uh, even though I didn't win, I so so for this one, I went over to a friend's house and set up the whole randomizer setup, you know, the tracker on one screen and downloaded SNES 9X and, and all of that stuff, you know, went through the whole rigmarole. And uh, he was just kind of hanging out while I was playing. I was talking through what I was doing. And uh, I uh, beat Mothula uh, with green mail with like, you know, less than three hearts, I think, ahead at the end. And I, and I pulled it out by using a bunch of fire rod shots and I pumped my fist in celebration. It was like, yeah, you know, like watching football, like it just <laughs> moments like that remind me of why I love this game so much because I'm just a kind of regular guy out there, but to be able to experience that kind of like high from competition that, you know, I think maybe even some like sports players experience was just like, it was so much fun. And uh, I really felt like, I brought my A game. I think what killed me was I did a dip into Ice Palace and found progression there in that first chest. And then I left when I should have full cleared it, even though it was a pendant, um, because there was more progression in there. So learned my lesson. Virtua Cat made the right call there and won that one. Um, but man, I just had a, I had a blast playing that. So I just I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. And um, Axial, you uh, I know you had your your round five. Did. How so, did it go? Uh... So it's it's really interesting. So just just for some background, so this is a twenty four person tournament, and uh, we all have been having so much fun. We got together originally. We were only going to take the top eight, but instead we've made three different brackets, uh, each named after a piece of the Triforce. So the top eight we named the Courage bracket because these are the players that have the courage to make you know really gambly and uh, and brave plays. The middle bracket is the power bracket because these are the folks who have the power to make through, make it through and execute well. And the wisdom bracket is the lower bracket, and this is for you know, named after wisdom because these are the players who have the you know wisdom to you know start learning routing and all that. So I, I thought that was a very clever way that we um, we put the naming together. But <laughs> um, so for my round five match, um, I was playing a player named uh, the Journey Fraternity. Shoutouts to our buddy uh, TJF. And it was a crazy seed. It was basically a hundo, and we were both looking for. Uh, I'm sorry, ice... r real quick. What is what is a hundo? So that would be a seed where you need to essentially 100% clear the game to complete. Ah. Um, they are usually very tedious and very interesting to watch as a observer, but as a player, they are agonizing because the whole time you're wondering, "Oh my god, I must I must have missed something." There's no way I have to do all this. But uh, in our case, we were both looking for you know, Turtle Rock was our last dungeon, but we did not have Ice Rod. And we still had, I think, um, I think it was like Pendant Desert open. And I said, you know what? I'm, screw it. I'm going to go and dive into TR. And lo and behold, guess where the Ice Rod was? Big key chest. <laughs> so rude. Um, oh, so, I mean, it, it was it was probably a two or three minute difference. But the interesting part is after all the seeding ended up, uh, you know, TJF and I ended up getting matched up again in our uh, our bracket. So <laughs> I'm the rematch. Yeah, so I'm the number three person in the power bracket, and he's number six. So we played again la yesterday, and it was a completely different seed. Very very quick, very very jetty uh, jetty seed jet seed being a very quick seed, mm -hmm. and it pretty much. I mean, I think it was about a ninety second difference. And, uh, you know, I was talking to my girlfriend about the game afterwards, and I said, you know, I really think it just came down to me making a bunch of little mistakes. I made some weird routing choices, like I went to do 
Skull Woods and then decided to mirror out and go to Death Mountain, which is a really weird call and there was nothing there. Mm. And just so happened the very next chest in uh, in the Dark World was the Titan's Mint. So I went, oh, or the Hookshot. And so I went, great. That was that was really smart of me. Um, so just little things like that. But uh, apparently everybody who watched it, it was a crazy exciting race. We were both on Ganon at the same time and both flirting with a, a Ganon fall. Man. We've, we've had some folks uh, reach out and, and actually ask for a way to follow along with this tournament. It's it's kind of funny, you know, something awful is behind a, a paywall to, you know, become a member of the site where we all, you know, post and organize all of this. So it's, it's sort of a smaller community. But by talking about it on this podcast, we're kind of like, you know, widecasting it a little bit. Uh, we're, uh, I've, I've spoke with the community organizer, NepNep, who I mentioned last episode. Um, we're going to try to get something together to uh, be m- more forward-facing in terms of saying, okay, uh, this is when this match is happening. This is the multi-twitch at the very least that you can watch. Or in the future, especially as we get further into brackets, I think we're going to try to do some some rebroadcasting. But um, NepNep already has so much on his plate doing all of this. So, so anything he's able to do is, is all 100% volunteer. Um, hopefully we can help him out with some of that stuff. But we will keep you guys updated uh, as we put together some of those options and, and make some of that available and uh, follow us at go mode podcast I'll be tweeting about that as we get more information um, any final thoughts about the the something awful tournament yeah not directly related but I know I saw that uh, somebody posted over on the uh, the reddit community the r slash a ltpr uh, subreddit about the podcast so thank you for that um, we really appreciate that and uh, you know, we really hope that us talking about the uh, Something Awful Community Tournament gets people who are also in smaller communities uh, excited about trying that and uh, and getting your own small tournament going because it's really fun, uh, you know, having a little bit of a closer connection with the people you're playing. I know with the spring tournament, it was, you know, the big one was 512 people. So you may have played someone and you have no idea who they are. It's a lot yeah. more fun. You're like, oh, I, I know this person, you know. You know, she and I have been been chatting and you know posting ideas on how to route through things and and things like that. So it's it's quite cool. I really encourage everybody who's out there. You know, even if it's just you and a couple buddies, just make a little one and and give it a shot. Yeah, I saw the rumblings of a uh, tournament starting on on the Reddit. I saw a little bit of a little bit of commenting here and there. I think I think they're gonna pull one together. I'm I'm pulling for them to pull one together. Woo! Yes. Nice. Yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely stay tuned to that, too. Uh, last thing we wanted to talk about here. Actually, I shouldn't say last thing. There's a couple more things we want to talk about. Uh, next up, recently uh, there was a document released um, with more explanation as to how they're going to conduct the qualifiers for the 2018 fall tournament. So I'm going to pass it over to Axial to tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I think the... Uh, so this is going to be very, very brief, but I think the idea is that the... Fall tournament's going to have a qualifier round, a group play round, and then a bracket round. Uh, qualifiers, however many people show up. Group play is going to be, I believe, 96 players, and then that'll cut down to 32 for the brackets. Um, as far as I'm aware, the tournament organizers aren't sure yet when the qualifier times will be, other than in October. And I think you'll, you, you know, that's when they'll announce, okay, here's the final for everything in the next few days. So didn't want to dive too much in detail on that, but just give a, a brief mention of that and, you know, keep your eyes open. You know, obviously you can join the the discords uh, related to the uh, link to the past randomizer and they'll have the information there. And we will cover that in more detail once all the details are uh, detailed. Yep. Um, Herf, do you have any thoughts? Uh, maybe worth mentioning is that they sent out a little... I don't know what you want to call a questionnaire maybe about uh, people and when they would be available so they can at least try to make the qualifier times <laughs> as fair as possible. It's obviously yeah. kind of hard to, you know, accommodate everyone, but they'll, they're at least putting forth the effort to try. Yeah. And I, I just, think, I, I think it's that was so cool. I think it's good that they're again, trying to think beyond, you know, they tried the the big Swiss and they saw like, yeah, that was, something and trying to make their lives a little easier and uh, and try some different formats out so you know thumbs up for the uh, the experimentation and uh, i think they're really putting a lot of good work in on it 
Yeah, absolutely. So we got the preliminary info out there for you. We'll put a link in the comments so that you can follow up on that. And we will talk about that more. Last thing I want to mention before we get into our deep dive this episode. uh, Looks like they are working on some new sprites for version 30, which I think most people knew that would probably be the case. But there actually was a document released. I got to be honest, I don't even know where this is from. I found it in a Discord but I will, uh, we'll, we'll put a link to that in the description. And I wanted to just take a quick look at some of these and see if you guys see any standouts, uh, you know, in terms of things you might want to use. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm Samus until I die. You know, she's my girl, so I'm not going to switch okay. off of her. Okay. Yeah, so the other ones, I mean, I still think my favorite sprite in terms of the, the alternate uh, bunny is the, the mouse icon. And for a lot of these, I'm looking and thinking, I really, really want to know what the bunny sprite is for these, because I'm sure some of these are going to be hilarious. Yeah. Um, is that a? Is that one an any an SNES controller? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I wonder what the alt is. That maybe it's a Genesis controller. Oh man, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see um, what the uh, bunny sprites look for these, like you were saying. Yeah, the bunny sprites for some of these are going to be amazing. Is that a My Missing Little no. Pony? My Little Pony, there's a Masingno, uh, the famed glitched Pokemon, uh, some guy in a suit. This these, is insane. These this are is... these are all sprites that are available, right? Not only the new ones. Yeah, this is everything. This is, yeah, yeah, yeah. These, this is so we're looking at a ton of them because it's all of the ones that are current now mixed in with uh, the new ones. So to be honest, I. I don't know for sure which of these are new and which are uh, have been around because there's already so many and now they're adding. It almost looks like they doubled it. Yeah, it's it's so many. There's a, a rainbow mushroom. <laughs> uh, Psychedelic mushroom, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot of like uh, tie-dye sprite, like um, psychedelic, you know, all-color sprites. Yeah, there's a shot. I don't know if the shy guy is. I think the shy guy's there right now. Um, I think so, yeah. There's Magus. Yeah, Ultros. Um, is that Groot? Uh, a Cactar. I think the Cactar is actually in now. Yeah, I. well, the thing is, you know, when you're like me and I only ever play with one sprite, I really don't keep up to date yeah. on what's yeah. in the tables. So I just, you know, you know, hit Samus as fast as I can. That's true. I've... I've had a bit of a troubled history with sprites because I think I've been one of the more outspoken people about we really don't need any more of these. <laughs> and we especially don't need the 450 second link variant because, you know, ooh, now he's wearing rainbow yeah. colors and now he's negative and now he's dark and now he wears a different little head. Oh, please just stop already. Uh, I don't know. The dark one's pretty cool. All the other ones are dumb. Uh there's two different boos, <laughs> you know, like there's yeah, two different yeah. boos now. Yeah, there's, there's like Super Mario World boo and then there's uh, like Yoshi's Island boo yeah. right next to each other. Yeah, it's crazy. I So my sprite is Old Man. That is the one that I've chosen. For some reason, I find it really funny to have a sprite that is also something else that's in the game, but also not an enemy. What I really want, and I've been told it's impossible and... I'm, I'm putting it out there. I don't think anything's impossible. I think it can be done, and I want somebody to do it. I need an Uncle Sprite. That is who I want to main. I want to be Uncle. <laughs> I don't know why that's so hard. People are like, oh, his Sprite's too big. It doesn't fit. Figure it out. I want to be Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. But for now, it'll be Old Man, I guess. Yeah, well, there's so many, so let's let's try to get Uncle in. Actually, let's let's go crazy, and let's try to get every boss Sprite in. So, you know, if you really want to play as an Armos Knight, you can. A few are there already. We do have a uh, Argus. Yeah, sprite. there's a Vitreous so, Eye as well. Yeah, it's insane. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll definitely... I, I want to try to edit this image that we got that's super tiny, chop it up, and make it into a bigger image for people to see. So we'll, we'll work on that, and we'll have that in the comments for you. Um, hey, guys, uh, I didn't want to say anything while we were talking, but I found this book... Yeah, did has anyone noticed it's really hot out? Yeah, I, I feel like I have a, a little bit of sand in my shoes or something. It's kind of uncomfy to walk here. I think we can all see where this is going. Let's go! 
All right, episode three, we're actually jumping into the second dungeon of Vanilla, A Link to the Past, uh, which is the Desert Palace. So Castle Escape, uh, as as it is with standard randomizer, is kind of your tutorial. Uh, Eastern Palace is meant to be the first dungeon, and then Desert Palace is meant to be second. In A Link to the Past randomizer, uh, Desert has definitely some things that make it unique. Um, things are going to start getting a little bit more complicated uh, as we get into more complicated dungeons in vanilla. Um, you know, as the key logic gets more complicated, it gets, you know, infinitely more complicated when you're talking about randomizer. Before we even jump into Desert Palace, let's first talk about how you get into Desert Palace. So, yeah, and go, go ahead. Yeah, so Desert, getting into Desert is one of the more complicated things to get into. Um, probably the only thing that's more complicated uh, would be Turtle Rock and Mire, because there to get into Desert you need either the book, which the book is only going to open you up this and the two uh, pedestal tablets. Tablet. Thank tablets. you. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Thanks, Earth. Um, yeah, to open up the two tablets and this, and that's it. That's all the book gives you, and it gives you the ability to check ped. So. You typically are not really going to usually get in this into Desert with the book. Instead, you need a three-item combo, which, again, three items is a lot. The only other dungeons that require three items to just enter are uh, Mire and TR. And, and the things you're going to need are the Ocarina, or Flute, uh, the Mirror, and the Titan's Mitt. And the reason you need all those is you actually come in through... The mire area. So you flute over to position six, you lift up the rock with a titan's mitt, and then you walk up and use the mirror to come in through the back entrance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, typically, when you enter Desert Palace, you, you're using this flute mitts mirror combination. The one exception I would say to that is if you happen to find the book during your early checks, a lot of times people will take that as an indicator that maybe it's time to go check Desert because it is going to open up the two items that are in Desert Palace plus the one that's on the ledge there. So so three items and um, due to kind of the way that the logic of randomizer works, when you find something early and you sort of follow that, it can open up more items that will then in turn open up even more items, kind of the idea behind progression, right? Um, so all of this to say, you've just got to be on the lookout for either one of those two in order to determine when Desert Palace may or may not be a good play for you to take. Uh, when you go over to check Desert Palace, depending on the items that you have with you, there are quite a few additional checks that you can make. One of those being the infamous... Agina. Does anybody <laughs> have any opinions about Agina that they'd like to share? Uh, I, I mean, like the guy. I'm not sure what everyone's yeah. problem is. He's a cool no. old man just hanging out, you know. Have you guys ever accidentally talked to Agina? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Um, I, have. I, I have in Vanilla because I was a child and did not know what was going on, but I don't think I've ever done it in my rando history. He wastes a lot of your time. I don't remember exactly what he says, but it is punishing. Yeah. Um, I think if you get him confused with Sahasrila, like you're just not thinking about it, you know, obviously one of, one of your first plays, it probably would be. Um, but yeah, I've definitely done it. Uh, Grand yeah. Pooh Bear, shout out to Grand Pooh Bear. I saw him do it one time. <laughs> so it, it happens to the best of us. Yeah, um, Agina is just so frustrating because it's fear zero, but it's mm -hmm. the only thing over there. I, I have sometimes if I'm if I know that I am not the favorite in a match said I am going to go to, you know, the. uh the waterway, drain the waterway, and then I'm I'm booking it over to Agina because I doubt my opponent's going, and uh, it, it hasn't ever worked out. But I feel like it's really a smart thing to do. <laughs> there, yeah, it's it's pretty common. This is anecdotal. I'm, I don't want to confuse this with any like actual diving into research, you know, the logic or research or anything. But it's pretty pretty frequently. I feel like you will see something that's progression be in Agina because. Uh, as Axel mentioned, it's Sphere Zero, which means that you can get it without any sphere item. You can just one. Sphere One. What, why is it Sphere One? <laughs> sphere Zero is what you start with in Link's house. Three hearts, zero of everything, green mail, nothing else. That's Sphere Zero. Well, how can you not? Oh, well, I guess you need a bomb. Yeah, you do need a bomb. So okay, it, it is one. Yeah, I guess you're not going to start with it. I, I'm, I'm on her side on this. We've been misspeaking. It's Sphere One, not Zero. Sorry, folks. Okay. 
Well, I want this. I want this show to be accurate above all else. So, I mean, Sphere One. You're right, Herf. Um, yeah. So Sphere One, because all you really need to get in there is a bomb. But um, yeah, it's just you. You really don't want to check it on its own. You you yeah. kind of want to wait till you can get at least at least a couple things out of desert. If you're coming in the non kind of the rando route rather than the traditional route, you want to go in and basically walk up from mire, avoid the murder dactyl, check whatever mire is to open it, even if it's pendant, just because you don't know if you're going to need it or not. Go into the mire shed, open up the two chests, loop around the top and go over to the right and check out the checkerboard cave. Go back in your portal and now come to desert by walking, you know, walking over to the left and then mirroring through. Um, in that like northwestern area of Meyer. If you do have the book, which again, like I said, if people find the book, that's kind of an indicator. Maybe you do want to check out that desert area. It's it's a little uh, easier to swallow that pill of having to go over and check again. Because once you're done, you can wander over check ledge, see if it's going to be worth picking up or not. Or just go straight to the entrance of Desert Palace. Uh, use the book to get through. Um don't forget to mash here. I have uh, sat on this screen for a little too long in, <laughs> in the past because Aww. I didn't know that you have to hit that button to transition. So I'm but just like looking at the praying sprite. Just like, this is really nice. Link, yeah, Link is missing, really deep in thought. You're <laughs> yes, missing out on all the sweet praying sprites, though, if you mash too fast. Who doesn't want to sit that's, there for five minutes? <laughs> yeah, that's the only time you can see that, right? That's yeah, cool. only time in the game. Yeah. So anyways, uh, so if you do have that book, you're probably more likely to go check it. Um, the flutes, the flute mitts mirror option. Just keep in mind, you can do that. It's going to change the entrance that you walk into, but we'll, we'll kind of cover that as we talk about the routing through desert palace. So let's assume that you came in from the front using the book right off the bat. You want to kind of angle your motion to the left and move forward. So you see a big expanse in front of you. You do want to head over sort of to the left side as you walk because you're going to have to go that way. Don't go totally straight or you're going to get blocked in and have to deal with some enemies there. And a Beemos. Um, yeah, a Beemos, which we'll see plenty of those here in Desert Palace. So keep walking through, uh, you know, dash up there by all means if you have the boots, which it's going to be good if you have the boots. And we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, once you move up uh, one screen, you're going to have a little narrow area where, uh, like a sand lion kind of thing. What are those things called? You guys know the, the thing that inside yeah, the whirlpool? Yeah, it's in the whirlpool. I, I thought yeah, they were I think, sand lions. I think lions. sand lions are fine. I, I don't know what their official name is. Sure. Um, so don't try to run by this. I wanted to mention this because I, I see it happen. Uh, if you try to run by this, even if you try to dash by it, it's going to stop you. And you're going to be, get caught. So instead, go to where it's about to spawn, wait for it to show up, and then kill it with a weapon as quickly as you can. It's actually pretty weak. I think like two two fighter sword slashes will kill it. Anything yeah, stronger will kill it's it. It's two two fighter sword slashes or one hammer hit or you know, anything else, because um, the fighter sword slash is pretty weak. But that's because this is a still a vanilla light world dungeon. So originally in the game, they don't expect you to have anything other than fighter sword. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So kill this guy. Don't try to run by it. Uh, and then you're going to go to the door in front of you, um, which is sort of the northernmost room. Uh, walk to the back of the room. You're going to walk past uh, some of those Igor enemies. Uh, shout out to them. Good to see you again. Uh, walk past them. Go to the top of the room. Uh, pick up a pot and hit a button, which is going to make a chest appear. This is, in vanilla, the map chest. And it's typically going to be the first one that you check when you're in Desert Palace. When you check this, it's going to give you a lot of information about the dungeon. Does one of you guys want to break down kind of the, the if-then scenarios for what you find here? Uh, I want to quickly give a little, I don't know, speed strategy maybe for this chest and the room. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, what I enjoy doing and what I've seen a lot of people do, what is relatively quick, is um, in that room where the chest spawns, it spawns between two torches. If you walk up uh, to the left of the left torch... You wake up the left green Igor, uh, then you go right, pick up the pot, push the button, and you throw the pot to the left, which immediately kills the Igor, and makes the whole thing a little quicker and a little more manageable, because you don't have to worry about dodging Igors while you're opening the chest and stuff like that. Nice. That is a good tip. Yeah, that's good. Um, all right, now what about this item? So, here is is the, the deal with this item. There is, There are... Two things you want it to be and two things you or and anything else you really don't. If it is the big key, 
then you're in business. You don't need to worry about, you know, finding the big key. And if it's a small key, you've got two more chances. But if you open this and it is an item, start feeling the panic because if this is an if this is not a small key or a big key, this means that Desert Palace is boots locked. Oh no. And what that means is you cannot clear Desert Palace without the boots, and we'll explain why in 10 seconds or so when we get to the next item. It's true. So, yeah, we're, well, we're pretty much there now. The room to the west of this, uh, when you go over there, um, which you will go over there when you're either heading to the boss or the big key, or uh, I'm sorry, the, the big chest. When you go in here, you will find a torch and... One of those weird places in Randomizer where you actually see an item. It's not inside a chest. You actually see the sprite of the item. And it could be uh, one of the dungeon items, like a map or a compass or the big key or a small key. Or it could be an, an actual item, you know, say, for instance, the hookshot. Uh, if you, the, the only way to get this thing down is to dash against the torch or against the wall next to the torch. If you don't have the boots, then you cannot progress. If it's the big key, you can't beat the dungeon because you can't get to Lamalus. Uh, if it's the cape, you can't go to Bumper Cave, for instance. So this is sort of one of those critical spots where you're going to hear a lot of commentators during races say, like, oh, except for maybe boots locked. You know, like maybe dungeon might be, uh, Desert Palace might be boots locked. So it's one of those, like, caveats that you know, the whole seed could balance on whether or not there's something important on this torch and you need to go find the boots somewhere. But for the sake of just completing this dungeon, we're going to consider everything a-okay as long as you don't see a big key or a small key up there um, and you don't have the boots. So go quick, ahead. Uh, yeah. quick sorry, quick shout out to uh, Gem versus Gerdo, first match in the summer tournament that they had. Uh, boots were on Desert Ledge. <laughs> Well, that's a that's a nice you know while it means that uh, it is boots locked it uh, at least was a little nice that the boots were right there you didn't have to go very far to find them I have seen uh, some seeds played where they walk in and the one thing you really don't want to see there is like the fire rod or the hammer or something like that because then it is going to be a huge slot or actually probably the worst thing to find there is the ice rod. And TR is required because you're going to have to check all over creation for the boots so just so you can go back and get that ice rod. Yeah, fetch quest central. Let's let's jump back into the desert palace here. So let's say that you you got a small key from that northernmost chest. Uh, Where is that going to take you next? So now you don't want to go west. You actually want to go east. And what you're going to do is from that, that long hallway up top that uh, the screen scrolls in a way that's a little unique where it's not just a single screen. It'll actually move with you a bit. Um, you want to just go east. If you've got the boots, just dash. There's nothing going to be that's going to be in your way. And you'll enter another you know square room, and there's a door to the top. Do not, do not, do not go through that door because it is a trap. Uh, instead, you want to go down and take the first door to your right. And in there, you will find... Uh, a chest, and uh, I think it's three of those uh, tentacle monster things. Uh, you want to? Oh, by the way, I did a little bit of research. I found out what these things are called. Ooh, what is it? Popos. Yeah, they're popos. 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 All right, so you'll find three popos in there, and uh, a chest and a bemos. So you obviously don't want to get hit by the bemos, and you you know get the popos, open the chest. And the reason that I was saying before that if the small key is in that first chest in the northern room, you still have a chance is because the big key could be in one of these two. Um, now, if the big key's in this first chest, then you obviously don't have to worry. But see, so you open that first one, uh, and then you'll go north once the popos are gone. And uh, there is a long room with cannonballs being shot out of the sides. If you dash, you can make it through. If you don't have the boots, you have to be a little careful to not hit these. But if you move quickly enough, it shouldn't be a problem. And then this is, I believe, the vanilla big key chest. Right. Uh, another thing I wanted to mention about the room with the popos. Uh, I find I've actually recently kind of learned that if you walk in and just immediately go on like a popo killing spree 
and you take a quick line to get to each one as fast as you possibly can, you can kill them before they start moving around. They have like one or two seconds before they start moving around the room and, and get annoying to kill. So I go in and just slash as, as quick as possible. One fighter slash will fighter sword slash will kill him. Just kill him as quickly as you can. Uh, if you take a clear path, that should avoid the Bemos as well. Um, that's a strat that's been working for me recently. I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts about how to how to do that one quickly. No, I, th- I think that's pretty much the, the go-to strat, especially for uh, Popo rooms, because as you said, they have a little bit of a delay before they start moving, and then their movement is, as far as I know, at least completely random. So totally random, yeah. If you're, if you're unlucky, they can jump all over the place and make you run around those statues and then dodge the Bemos, and this room can, you know, if you're unlucky, can take quite some time compared to how quickly you can actually get through it. Yeah. So you're probably going to go check that cannonball room, even if you did find the big key in that Popo killing room, because you're still looking for your items. If you're in Desert Palace, you probably you probably want those two items are pretty quick to check, especially if there's that one right there. Um, in the rare case that you got both your items uh, already uh, and you find a big key there, regardless whether you did that or if you check that other room either way if you have the mirror i would definitely use it at this point because it's just going to be a long trek back to pretty much where you were but once we've, we've pretty much taken care of the eastern side of, of desert palace which is a very confusing sentence considering there's also an eastern palace so now we're going to go <laughs> to the western side of desert palace uh if you didn't check that uh, torch room uh for the knowledge before um go ahead and do that now you're definitely going to want to know you will definitely have the big key at this point because we've checked everything. So the uh, location of the big chest is uh, far to the west in kind of a corner room with some of those sand lion guys. You're going to go through that door and it's going to take you into a room with, uh, surprise, surprise, another Bemos. Uh, the uh, pot on the northwestern side of this sort of diamond array uh, is the one you want to pick up. The button is under there that's going to open the door north. Head through there. You're going to see a big regal room with its own big chest. And pop that bad boy open um, so that'll either have uh, an item or it could have the small key if you found the uh, big key in the northernmost room it's randomizer could have a lot of different things <laughs> Just, <laughs> oh, so yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, now we've got everything inside of the actual desert palette itself so you're gonna want to go down to the southwestern exit of this dungeon uh, and that will take you down a set of stairs and you're going to be back outside in the desert. This is your chance to grab the item that was on the desert ledge. Uh, be careful that you don't fall down when you go to check that because yeah. if you press too hard against that edge, you're going over and you're yeah. not going to be happy with that. And uh, one quick thing, I, I've never actually used it myself, but I do know in that southwestern exit, there is when you walk in, there's a Bemos and a bunch of blocks and the door to the north is locked. Uh, if you push one of the blocks, and I don't remember which one, it'll open up that room to the north, and there are fairies in there. Now, I've never seen anybody go for those fairies uh, because Land Moles is typically not a boss you are worried about your health and you know dying on. But if for whatever reason you need fairies and you're here and you've got the net and a bottle, uh, there's some right there. Cool. Um, let's talk a little bit about a little something called key stealing. This is, uh, (laughs) when I first heard about this, I was like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Like what a creative sort of way to get around the logic and sequence break. And it's really easy to do and and makes a lot of sense. But after doing a little more research and, and talking to some folks might not be the best idea. So does one of you guys want to talk a little bit about key stealing and we can discuss well, I mean, I'm going to go right ahead and say that I believe the key stealing in desert is the worst idea you could possibly have, and I would 100% recommend you never do it. It is the gambliest gamble that I have that I think exists in the game, other than maybe trying to go into Turtle Rock without the fire rod. All right, so let me ask you this. Let's quickly describe what key stealing is, and then my challenge to you, is there ever a situation where you could see yourself doing it? Yeah, so the idea is, so, you know, obviously there's two en- two entrances to the front of uh, Desert. There's only one entrance to the back. You need the gloves to get in. But once you walk in, the second room has a key and a pot, which because the key is in the pot, it means it always will be there. So if you, for example, have gone into the front, don't have the boots, and see, okay, the big key is here, or, or the small key is on the um, the torch, but I really want to check those two chests. You could steal this key, walk back into the front of Desert, and use that key 
to go check the east half of desert. Yeah, so that's that's the idea behind key stealing, but it is a gamble because now you you don't have the keys necessary to get through to land Molos until you come back with the boots and complete Desert Palace as it was intended and get that key and use that one. So you're committing to a double dip right off the bat. Um, now, the second part of that question from earlier, is there ever, and I'm asking her, is there ever a situation where you would do this? Uh, maybe if I'm terminally ill and it's my last hour on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> that's sad. That's oh. what you want to do with that? <laughs> I mean, okay, that's a good, that's a very good point. <laughs> uh, no, I think, I don't know, maybe in a Triforce hunt or something. Or, uh, oh, yeah. That maybe, I could see that maybe. I, I just... I would have to think about it for longer to maybe come up with a scenario where I'm like, yeah, okay, that might make sense. Maybe if, okay, so if desert is blue or red pendant, you are on a hunt for one item and you don't have the boots and the small key was on the torch, maybe then? I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I it's see a, your reasoning for it's sure. Pretty, yeah. I mean, that's pretty marginal though, because essentially what you're doing there is you're saying, all right, I am gambling that the item I need is on the east side of desert and and that I never want I'm going to land molas ever. So yeah. if there's an item there, I lose. If I need the blue or red pendant, I lose. Um it's it's just it's extremely extremely risky and is so unlikely to pay off because you need not only do you need there not to be an item on land molas, but you need there to be the item you need on the east side it's make other yeah. gambles first yeah I, I think that really sums it up very nicely it is an extremely massive gamble like extremely risky but the chances of it working out are so small that i personally really don't think there's ever really a scenario where it might be worth it you might luck out of course it's random after all you never know but uh yeah, the chances I... of it working out are so tiny yeah, and the key to really being a you know good rando player is you got to make gambles, but th- you want to be making smart gambles. You want to be looking at a map and saying, okay, I need ice rod to you know go do tr. I'm gonna go in tr without the ice rod and just hope it's in here. That's a smart gamble. Stealing the key is almost never the smart gamble. Yeah. So if you if you have this thought um, and you're feeling really clever, like you're get you know cheating the system, just. Maybe think twice about it. You're not the first person to think of it, and it's it's probably not the best best idea for you. So, all right, let's let's uh, we we got all of our keys legitimately. So let's wander back into the back of Desert Palace. This is this is just speed strats right now. There's there's really no strategy to be had. You know, um, like thinking about oh if this then that. It's it's just a straight dash back to Landmalus. If you're at this point, you have committed to killing Landmalus, and so let's do that. Uh, in the first room, you're going to see uh, another Bemos. You want to walk up to the top right and push that middle block in that uh, three-block array, um, and it'll open the door for you. If you do it fast enough, the Bemos uh, won't even spot you, so go, aim for that. Um, next up, it's going to put you in a tile room. This is where that key is that we were talking about stealing. Uh, it's in the bottom left-hand corner. Just go straight to that, pick it up. Uh, you can go back to the middle of the room and dash. You should uh, beat the tile animation before it gains a hitbox and be able to just go straight through it. Yeah, so even if you're that. even if you don't have the boots, you can beat those tiles. Yeah, so just just go right through it. Um, next up, we're going to go to another Popo murder room. These guys are spread out a little bit more, so I could definitely see advocating for you know throwing some more pots or. Uh, you know, maybe even getting the bow out or something like that. What do you guys like to do? So this one, I still try to smack him with the sword because I don't want to waste ammo and the hammer hitbox is really small and I'm not going to switch to hammer. Um, and if I have the fire rod out, I'm not going to burn them because it takes so long to kill them. I, I just always stick with you know, hitting them with the sword. Yeah, I do too. And I usually like going to, when you enter, you enter the room from the top. So mm-hmm. I like to go on the left side first, kill the top popo, and then the bottom popo, and then go over to the right side, maybe above the Vemos, and then depending on where the popos have jumped, because with the four popos in here, you usually can't beat all of them before they start moving around. 
-hmm. but uh, I just like clearing it from the left to the right because the door that you need to go through opens up on the right so you're already in the general area of where you need to go next yeah I'm a counterclockwise person too it, it I've, I've not tested it but I'm pretty sure it's going to be faster because you'll be nearer to the door whenever you've got all four of them okay cool all right, the next room is another perfect example of just get through it as fast as you can. This is a, a longer room. It's it's a couple screens long. Uh, there's BMOs throughout liberally. Uh, plenty of popos as well. It's kind of like a greatest hits of the dungeon. Um, really, you just want to dash up to the top uh, if you've got the boots. If not, just you know hustle up there. Uh, and the pot uh, that is second from the right, third from the left in these four has a key under it. Grab that. Do you guys ever... This room seems like... It, it almost looks like maybe at one point they were planning for you to light the torches to get through. Like the way it spread out, all the torches just seem like... It's weird. You know? I, I personally think they just wanted to red herring you with those torches. That's, because, that must be what it is. Because yeah. the pot is, uh, the key is under that pot and you're like, oh, there's a closed door. Maybe if I light all the torches, a chest will appear or something. And yeah. then you're like, oh, well, it just wasted a bunch of magic and nothing happened. Guess I'll pick up those pods. Yeah, yeah they, they also, I think, maybe want to clue you in that uh you know sometimes lighting all the torches doesn't do anything and that is a real uh if i will say dick move considering <laughs> how you have to open the final door in here yeah yeah i i, I think one of the, my, my first times playing randomizer i might have lit these torches uh, before i really knew you know jogged my memory and remembered how to get how to get through this because in vanilla it's the same obviously um uh -huh. that is one nice thing about rando is is any uh, any enemy that had a key or any pot that had a key that will never change and somebody correct me if i'm wrong i don't think in any version those things will ever change that is correct um i think the only way you can change the pots is the animizer because it has a pot shuffle option i believe Ooh. so wow. um that will not actually make things impossible it will just shuffle stuff that is under pots which includes obviously the keys and uh, the push buttons that you sometimes have like say in the big chest room earlier or the room before the big chest room hmm that's interesting we'll have to check that out sometime um, when I go in that room with the fake torches, what I used to do a lot of the times, just out of habit or maybe because I thought they would get in my way or something, I started killing a lot of the popos that were in there. Like the first one that you ran past in the torch and the other two that are near the pots because I was afraid they would, you know, jump at me and knock the, tor uh, knock the pot out of my hand or whatever. Just ignore mm -hmm. all the enemies in here. Just run straight past them, grab that uh, key under the pot, go to the door, don't bother killing anything. Because it might not seem like a lot of time, but if you add up every unnecessary enemy that you kill over a whole run, it'll save you a couple of minutes, probably. Yeah, you have to stop to slash, you know. So every time you stop and slash something, that that's a little bit of time. Yeah, and when you're thinking about killing enemies, you should always consider, is it actually worth it to kill this enemy? In other words, is this something like a murder dactyl that does 200 hearts of damage where I can't risk it? hitting me is it blocking the way does it have a key do i need to kill it to open the room um do, do you have full magic full arrows full bombs if you have full of everything then like what are you farming for nothing yeah so so always try to be thinking in the back of your head like i try to default to don't kill it unless i need to kill something mm -hmm. yeah i'm guilty of that a lot i'll be honest i i, I I like to murder in my runs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's faster not to in a lot of cases. So yeah, I mean, that's I, definitely true here. When I play any Zelda game, I'm always all about you know just kill everything because you'd never know if you need to or not. But uh, as you're playing and, and speed running Zelda games, I think one of the key things is learning when to murder and when to be a pacifist. Um, all right. So the final room uh, is going to have a red Igor plus. Uh, oh, did we talk torches? about the second tile room? Oh, no. I skipped the second tile room. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry oh, a that. room that no one... It's pretty non-memorable, so I don't blame you for skipping it. Yeah. This is after you've gone through the room with the fake torches, uh, and you go into yet another tile room. Hooray! Uh, yeah. But this time, instead of the key being in the southwest pot, it is in the uh, northeast pot. So just walk up to the northeast, grab your key, and on to the last room you go. Yep. All right, so in this next room uh, we're coming up to, there's uh, a single red Igor and four torches. This one, you do want to light the torches. That's how you extend the room, which uh, brings up the B 
the uh, boss door, and then you walk through that, and then there's Lamorlos. Yep. Um, real quick, just because I I do see different ways of this being done. Um, by the oh, oh man, we should have mentioned this before. Hope you brought a fire source. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't yeah. Uh, don't walk all the way. Basically, if you do not, well, if you don't have gloves, you can't even get back here. But if you don't have the lamp or a fire or the fire rod. Don't even bother. There's nothing in here for you except land molas uh, or yeah. key stealing, which hopefully we've dissuaded you from doing that. So, so if you're playing along while you're listening to this podcast, sorry about that, but you're probably not. So it's okay that we're <laughs> mentioning it now. Um, so yeah, with you using your fire source that you definitely have, which is going to be either a lantern or a fire rod. Um, fire rod's easy. You just go to the side. You can get two with each. You know. Whoosh, uh, by staring to the side of it. Um, when you have the lantern, what pattern do you guys like to use to to get this done quickly and not get killed by this Igor? Um, I personally, I go to the bottom torches, light both of them, then try to navigate around the Igor and go to the top torches, trying yeah. to end on the top left torch. Yeah, and when you stand in between them, it's fast to just go doo, doo, just one exactly. one right after the other. So standing between them is is faster than going to each one separately. Yeah, I uh, I always seem to run into the red Igor, so I know it doesn't. Ex- it's not exactly the most efficient strategy, but I go cl- clockwise, starting with the bottom right one, and just say, you know what, I'll I will take the two or three seconds here that this wastes because the Igor I think does two hearts of damage, mm-hmm. and I you know walking into Landmolas, yeah, they're not super threatening, but I really don't want to run into a situation where. I need to use a fairy or a red potion or die on landmolas because that's just a big time loss and feels kind of embarrassing. Yeah. So anyway, just, you know, light those torches. Uh, you'll get a quick little break while, you know, take a sip of your water or something while you wait for the room to uh, extend. And then we are in landmolas's lair, landmolas lair. Um, like I mentioned before, we're going to have an episode where we talk exclusively about bosses and, and really dive in. But Let's just talk briefly about how you know best best practices to take landmolas down. There are a few weapons that are definitely more popular than others. Silver um, arrows. Well, obviously the silvers. You love those. That's going to be one shot per if you've got the silvers. And if you're really good, um, what I see a lot of people do is uh, charge up a spin sla- a spin slash at the bottom of the screen um, so that you're strafing. Uh, and then if you time it perfectly, it's just three shots right as soon as they come out of the ground to each one uh one one you know one arrow per landmolus uh and it's like playing galaga you're just moving back and forth at the bottom of the screen and (laughs) you know killing the enemies it's that's the fastest way you can do that same thing with uh the fire rod instead of two shots instead of one shot each one takes two shots so those are probably the two best yeah what else do we have if if you're going fire rod stress just real quick um, the pots outside in near the torches do have, I think, one or two magic little magic pots. Hmm. So if you use the fire rod to light, you may want to consider grabbing those if you're going to use fire rod on Landmolas so that you don't run out of magic. Yep. Cool. And okay. uh, for my part, what you want to do is you want to wait shortly before the Landmol pops out of the ground, and then you activate your Cane of Burna, and then you pray to God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I the way I always fight landmolas is bomb strats because they're right, very. It's right, so consistent. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's just easy mode. You don't even have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, bombs. <laughs> for for those who can't detect sarcasm, don't ever fight landmolas with bombs unless you absolutely have to. Yeah, shout out to Vitasia. cruel. Yeah, uh, I mean, both Cane of Burn and Bombs work, obviously, but you probably don't want to do that to yourself unless you absolutely have to. Yeah, I mean, Bombs do do pretty good damage, but if you've got a sword or the bow or even the hammer, hammer it's going to yeah. be easier on you. I think that's probably about it for Landmolus. Anything else we want to say about this jokester? What you might want to watch out for are the little stones that pop out when the Lamolas pops out of the ground. It's kind of hard to say if they'll fly horizontally or diagonally. I think that's random, kind of like the falling ice cubes in um, in Cold Stairs' room. That's that's a good point. With the exception of the last one, that comes out both uh, in a cross pattern and as a diagonal X pattern. So you've got eight of those flying at you. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you position yourself just a little bit 
above or below you know that exact horizontal line or, or vertical line um, then you should be able to avoid those as they're as they're coming out uh, your shield will also block them too i think yeah so all right well real quick let's talk about gomo like eastern palace this is another really easy one um it, it's not particularly complicated um, there are some dungeons where you don't need the big key to get to the boss, and those ones have super quick go modes. This is not one of those. You you do need the big key, so you've got to still go into the dungeon, look around until you find the big key, and then make a beeline for uh, Landmalus. Uh, this you know is really one of the reasons people kind of freak out about uh, potentially this dungeon being bootslocked, because if the big key is on the torch... Uh, and you're in go mode then you're actually not in go mode you need to go find those boots so Mm -hmm. yeah the only thing that you'll definitely not be doing is you won't be doing that big chest we talked about Um, but basically you want to walk the same uh, chest pass we we went through so you do the north chest first because of the big keys in there you can just go then you want to check the torch Um, if you've got boots doesn't matter if you don't have boots you are going to pray that it's not there and then if you've picked up the small key, you'll check those two chests on the east side. Mm-hmm. Although there is probably something to be said. If you go into the northern room and you don't have boots, um, checking the eastern ones first. But I never want to do that because I want to know if I'm boots locked before I check those eastern ones. All right. That is going to wrap up our walkthrough of Desert Palace. Hooray. Yeah, we did it. uh, Get all the sand out of your shoes, guys. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to take weeks. (laughs) Um, All right. Cool. Well, uh, and that is also going to wrap up episode three. So thank you guys so much for listening, for checking us out again. Shout out to the Reddit community. Uh, Thanks for the kind words on there. Shout out to everyone who's talked with us on Twitter. Remember, you can uh, tweet at us at GoModePodcast. And we also have an email address. It's email at gomodepodcast.com. Yeah, and please, uh, you know, please send stuff in if you've got questions, stuff you want to hear us talk about. Um, once we get enough listener mail, we will add a listener mail section. Absolutely. We have had some and, questions uh, on, on Twitter, which, you know, we, we answer on Twitter usually. So if you actually have a question that you want on the show, best thing to do is email us. Mm-hmm. And I also want to give a quick shout out to all the people that have given us kind words, no matter where, on Discords, on Twitter, on Reddit, on SA. Uh, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback, which obviously feels great for us. Then a lot of people probably already have the knowledge that we're trying to pass on. But I'm, I'm very glad that people are liking it and that people are giving us positive feedback. And it's it's felt really great. I really appreciate all of that. And uh, Yeah, it makes sense. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut Oh, no, no, no. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> I was just going to say, in the same breath, I also want to ask all of you beautiful people to please leave us an iTunes review because all the positive words are great, but in all the positive words in an iTunes review are going to be even greater. Yeah, the uh, I want to say the same thing. You know, this is a great community. Um, I love being a part of it and, uh, and contributing in this way. So uh, thank you again for all the kind words I've seen as well. And uh, yeah, send uh, send us a review if you are a, a big, big fan and a supporter because it will keep us uh, up on those lists high. If you uh, if you search for Go Mode, you'll see us and not uh, I don't know Goat Mode, Goat, goat was, Mode, or yeah, you know, our rival podcast Goat Mode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're trying to beat out Goat Mode, so uh, give us a hand and, and leave us a review if you don't mind. Nah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Axial, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, as always, the best way to get a hold of me is probably on Twitch. I play under the moniker uh, SA underscore Axial. Uh, otherwise, the best way to get in touch with me is probably to uh, send a tweet at the general uh, Go Mode podcast uh, handle or uh, the Go Mode podcast email because those are really my only uh, presences. I don't have a, uh, a Twitter for uh, for my handle. So, uh, so, yeah, that's the way to get a hold of me. Herfy? Yeah, the same pretty much goes for me. Uh, either you get in touch with me through the general channels at GoModePodcast or email at GoModePodcast.com, as uh, Axiel already said. Or you check out my Twitch page, uh, twitch.tv slash HerfyDurfy. I'm streaming a, a random variety of things, whatever I feel like, usually. Yeah, and for me, uh, the thing I've been doing with the tournament is every time I win, I've been forcing myself to play the original version of A Link to the Past Parallel Worlds, and if anybody has ever had an experience with that, you know how fun it is to watch people play that. So uh, 
check that out if you uh, you want to spend some time laughing at my uh, ineptitude. That game looks awesome, by the way. I, I wasn't actually familiar with it. It's it's a ROM hack of a link to the past, and it's very difficult. But there's a lot of like, um, you know, updated graphics. Oh yeah, the graphic design is great. It's they did a really cool. good job with that. The yes. difficulty is the problem. Yeah. So so go watch Axio play that. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, I am the one behind the Twitter uh, Go Mode Podcast. So I I'm, I keep my eye on that pretty frequently. Um, you can also see me stream randomizer, uh, twitch.tv slash temp underscore. I actually just, uh, beefed up my layout, made it look a little more visually appealing. Um, Ooh. so if you want to drop in, yeah, come, come by and check it out and say, Hey, uh, so I think that is going to do it for us. Um, oh crap. You guys, I just realized something. Oh no. What? Okay. This is a pendant dungeon. Go get the mirror. Let's get out of here.